0: coming up on verse course verse insert joke here about standing in front of a hot girl's house with a boom box. Oops. That's next. Welcome to episode fifty-eight. I am DL. With me is Evil, the Sledgehammer Jimmy. Evil, ooh, you liked that, didn't you?
1: Uh, I, Evil I feel, just got turned on. I, I know it's going to be on the back of uh, my sweatshirt at the end of the year.
0: Yeah. How are you tonight? I'm really good. Happy to be here, as always. Super excited to talk about this music. Rachel, here's the thing: polio. Yes, sir. On a scale from one to 10, how buzzed are you right now? (sighs) Honest answers only, please. I can't.
2: I shouldn't drive. (laughs) 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 Margaritas come in like fish bowls when you go to the restaurant. Yeah. And when I make them, it's just like a little like six So I get like three times as much at a restaurant. That's well, all. good.
0: Rachel's gonna be fun. She's pulling for the finale award for drunkest episode. <clears throat> which I think you're in the lead for right now, by the way. Yes. Trying to make your mom proud. Yeah. For everybody listening, please <laughs> stop emailing us about alcohol because my mom thinks <laughs> that this is now an alcohol podcast. With <laughs> and She's very bummed out. Sorry. I'll edit that out properly. <laughs> she, she's she's <laughs> going to smack wise. the shit out of me. <laughs> she's going to be so mad. I am really, really... Fucking excited for this. So, what we're doing in this episode is volume three, I'm gonna say, of I'll get it right when I'm posting it. DL's 10 out of 10s. And if you have never heard these episodes before, what I'm doing is I'm taking in a, an album that I've always just considered a 10 out of 10 in the back of my head, reapproaching it with Rachel and Evil. My usual hope is that one of them is very, very used to it or either loves or hates it, and the other one has not really experienced it yet. I don't know what or what isn't the case, but it's always fun to hear different side. For example, the last time we did the gorillas and it was uh, it was very surprising because Rachel was not that into it, which surprised me. And evil gave it a 10 out of 10. Loved it. Yeah, he would. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) I think this is the volume four. volume four. we did corn. So technically that was DL and Sven's 10 out of 10s.
1: Oh, those, oh, these are different categories. Okay. never So what
0: those were, were those were albums that Sven and I had tried to trade with each other, like give the other, but the other one knew it too well. So we were Um, like, well, what do we do with those albums? Cause we can't just throw them in the bin. We got to talk about them. So gotcha. Same basic concept. You know what? It doesn't matter. This is great content. Nobody cares. Tonight, we are talking about the 80s powerhouse, So, by Peter Gabriel. Rachel, over here, (laughs) have you... (laughs) It's a great start. I am sure that you had heard at least one or two songs on this album. Yep. Were you more aware than that about Uh this album?
2: I'd say probably fifty percent of this album I had heard. Most of this album is in a movie from the eighties <laughs> or early nineties <laughs> or two thousands. Some of them are very popular songs that you're like, oh, that was Peter Gabriel. Yeah. So,
0: do we get all of the say anything jokes out of the way right now? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do we That's just only do that? one
2: movie. It's in so many movies. <laughs> All these are... It is,
0: movies. but that's the movie. Like, okay. that's the one everybody... Sure. Right, This the scene. Yeah, which always reminds me of my favorite South Park joke. I don't remember if it's Stan. They tell Stan that in order to make the girl fall back in love with him, he has to go in front of her house and play Peter Gabriel on a boombox. So he goes (laughs) with the boombox and he plays Shock the Monkey. Oh God. (laughs) It's it's my favorite. It's my favorite. Evil, I already kind of knew this because I don't remember why, but we had touched on it on season one. You're a pretty big Peter Gabriel fan. Mm. Yes, I am. Mostly because of this album, but yes. Well, spoilers. So early Genesis stuff as well. Yeah, I think we're going to have to talk a little bit of Genesis Phil Collins stuff. I
2: have a fun joke. (laughs) Would you say you liked Genesis at their Genesis?
0: Hey, oh, wow. I'm glad that you said fun joke and not funny joke. Let me clarify a bit. I'm not
1: like a huge fan of Genesis, probably wise. (laughs) I've watched some early performances from when Peter Gabriel was in Genesis, like probably like selling England by the pound days or 73 ish. And he is so wildly entertaining. Mm -hmm. That's, that's why I like him. It's not the music per se. It's just like his stage presence and what they were doing live was really
0: interesting. Peter Gabriel live is, it's a whole different, amazing thing. I think he was one of the first artists that I ever actually know. I accidentally bought a live album of his. And i was bummed because i did not like a live album i'm david i'm an idiot right but then (laughs) i turn it on and i think boilers are down the road but i think peter gabriel has probably like top two or three favorite live albums of all time he wow that dude knows how to put on a live show oh he is a showman Mm -hmm. better than most so let's do this now then you're a big fan of peter gabriel are you a fan of phil collins Mm I'm not a big fan. I don't mind Phil Collins. I think I'm that way too. I feel like people went either Peter Gabriel, Phil Collins after Genesis, and I'm much more a Peter yeah. Gabriel than a Phil Collins guy. Yeah. But everybody likes, I can feel it coming in the air tonight. Right? Yeah. Susudio. That's not a word. <laughs> Before we get into peter gabriel so we got to talk about the most important part of the night what are we drinking and before we do and i did warn you about this in the drinking rules at the beginning of the year that i am sure you both remember vividly and are absolutely ready for do you both have things to shoot Or take a drink of, at least. We'll play college rules. A drink of your drink is the equivalency of a shot, we'll say. Yeah, I can do that.
1: I can remedy the future need for that shortly.
0: We have a fixing from the last episode. Don't think that people get away with anything on this show. They Mm. do not. Evil said the VH word... (laughs) In the last episode and got away with it. Ugh. It was mid-edit. I'm
1: definitely going to need shots for tonight. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think you are. So evil owes a shot. All right here we go. And then on a little more serious of a note, Mark Lanigan passed away mm. two days ago. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we record this so far in advance. So this is going to be weird to be listening to this a couple weeks later. But Mark Lanigan was... Kind of one of the last amazing grunge. I don't even like calling him grunge because he was something more than grunge, but kind of one of the last yeah, icons he, from those days. From the
1: Seattle days that kind of transcended that into some other stuff.
0: Screaming Trees, which is just an amazing band. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah probably the most underrated band from that era. Yeah. And I can't say more than he was part of my favorite album of all time in mad seasons above right yeah he sang and you know, of course i love he and lane staley were fucking best buds for a long long time yep. and which is kind of crazy that mark lived as long as he did that dude was nuts <laughs>
1: <laughs> some of the story oh man i i went down a rabbit hole we did, listening yeah. to oh my gosh <laughs> Stories of his partying and drug use and overall rock star debauchery is pretty impressive. Like legendary. Yeah. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Unless anybody else has something super inspirational they want to say.
1: In the Fade is one of my favorite songs from. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even. Yeah.
0: Queens of the Stone Age. He had a lot to do with particularly the beginning of
1: the Queens of the Stone Age. That rated R album is so good. Mm -hmm. So good. Yes.
0: Mark Lanigan. We're going to take a shot. Those of you listening on Monday at 8 a.m., take a shot with us. I am sure a lot of people listening to this podcast mm-hmm. know and loved him a lot. Right. Yep. Yep. Cheers.
2: Cheers. That's not too bad.
0: That's Malibu. Come on. It's shooting Malibu. Fuck That's off. That's not fair.
2: I feel like we should integrate our drinking games into the fan base. I don't know how that would work, but I feel like other people That's... should play along.
0: I don't understand why we haven't thought of that before. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> Did you I just get a raise. raise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so those of you playing. Following along at home, hope you have taken your 17 shots owed for the various rules. Yeah, follow along at home. I've got to figure this out. All right, (laughs) now that we are done with our shots, Rachel, what are you drinking tonight?
2: I'm back on the Marg train. So proud of you. I have some Jose Cuervo mixer, some of that. Less proud. Espelon. 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 The jalapeno mixer stuff in it really good.
0: Oh you still have the dehydrated yeah. infusion kit?
2: Because it made it called for like two cups of tequila. That's a lot for me to go through. So <laughs> I still have a little bit left in my
0: yeah. You've been on a serious mark kick yeah. for months. Mm-hmm. I know that you've tried the infusion kit, you've done a couple other things. Have you been experimenting? Have you are you becoming a cocktail maker?
2: Um, or are you just
0: really digging marks?
2: Both. Um, I feel like I'm trying a lot of, especially when I go out to the restaurants here in East Idaho, which are a plenty. I always get a margarita, so I'm trying them everywhere. But I do have to say, like, I'm buying, like, a regular size bottle of tequila every time. So it's like I'm trying that tequila for as long as it takes me to get through that bottle of tequila. So in that way, yeah. it's I'm not really mixing it up too much outside. Two of Two days. Like, adding the... If you, yeah, two days for a bottle of tequila, just like a mid-sized <laughs> one. I feel like that's reasonable.
0: I will go next. I have a couple of drinks. I had a coffee because I forgot my Red Bull tonight. Um, you, that's not why we're here. You're wingless tonight. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. It sucks. But I do have. I I was trying. I was trying to find a cocktail called the sledgehammer because I was sure. I was like, "There's got to be a cocktail called the sledgehammer," <sighs> and there was. There's gotta be and holy fucking shit! I don't know what it is about this podcast, but ingredients for a sledgehammer was rum and fucking Sunny D. <laughs> cannot get away from the Sunny D now. I don't know what the hell happened, uh, so I did not decide to go that route. Instead, I went the route. I'm gonna see if you can guess what this is. I think you can. Think of tonight. We're doing a boring white guy's name, Peter Gabriel. This is another boring white guy's name. Tom Arnold Collins. Palmer. There. Oh, that was way out. Twisted Arnold Palmer was actually, I was actually thinking about that one. But uh, mm. yes, it is a Tom Collins. I stole, kind of stole the recipe from the, I always forget. Who's the how to drink guy? Steve. Uh, Greg. 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 Steve, Greg. So all these, the alcoholic All now? these boring white guy names. Um, yeah. But he has, (laughs) that is such a good drink. And I'm probably only going to drink gin for a while because I'm on a massive Hendrix kick now. I can't can't stop drinking it. So what I did, it was simple syrup, lemon, Luxardo, and then the Hendrix. And then I topped it off with a SodaStream soda water that I had Mm. put grapefruit bitters in.
1: Oh, whoa.
2: You're so fancy. That is
0: fancy. It's so good.
2: Is that a metal straw? Do you live in Washington? It is.
0: Uh, I needed... So I hate <laughs> straws, but I needed something to Makes mix it. with. Yeah. So that's what I I'm drinking. Good old Tom Collins. It's so nice. good. Evil, your drink looks amazing.
2: Fancy as fuck.
0: It's like a fancy looking fuzzy navel. It is not too far off from what Rachel's drinking. It is a Cadillac
1: margarita. Oh,
0: yum so what twins. do you use
1: so for a cadillac that's like a loose term for like a top shelf margarita but i use a reposado tequila and grand marinier instead of cointreau
0: so you like grand marinier
1: with this with a reposado it's good
0: i have never liked it i think yeah. i need to try it then with a reposado
1: just a little different if i don't uh, shake it with a grand marinier i do a float on top Oh. So I'll mix the tequila, lime juice, agave, and shake that.
0: Strain it, and then do a little float on top. How picky are mm. you with your straining? The pickiest. Are you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a Hawthorne strainer, and then I string it through a sieve. See, I like yeah. a little
0: action in it. I like a little pulp and a little. Depends on the drink. Not for me. Not for you. Mm-mm. What does that mean? For me, it doesn't depend on the drink. I always like them with like a little bit of stuff in them. Pulp. Yeah. A little dirty. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I want my orange juice extra pulpy, please. Uh, Orange juice. Really? Yeah. Yeah, It feels like you're eating an orange. Yeah. Exactly. It's like a fruit. It's a whole food. Yeah. Chew your drinks. That's gross. Why don't you just (laughs) go buy more Sunny D, Rachel? (laughs) Fuck off, David. It wasn't my Sunny D. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On a much more serious note, and I'm going to keep it real brief because honestly, I am an ignorant American. All I want to say is that we have listeners from Russia and we have listeners from the Ukraine. And I know personally, I mean, personally, everybody knows that war breaks everybody's heart. People on both sides are suffering greatly and we are honestly thinking about you. I don't want to say any more than that because it's just not, I don't really feel like it's our place, but I know that people from those countries tune into this show We care about you. We respect our listeners and we hope that everybody is doing okay and that you get through it. And I'm sorry, that's not very elegant, but elegancy is not really a thing in time of war. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. Are back, the music that you heard coming in from the break is by a band, a little indie band called Advocat, spelt A D V O C A A T, not advocat, guys. Advocat, very cool, Southeast Philly kind of punkish, early two thousands indie rock group kyle and danny just two guys very very good stuff the song that you heard coming in was dark patterns i very much dig it it's like i said it's real early 2000s new york underground bar band stuff which is great i love that stuff very happy to play this get them some likes you can get them on instagram just at advocat <laughs> at advocat. once again a-D-D-O-C-A-A-T. <laughs> your, your name is hard, you guys. <laughs> Change your name to The Wonders. <laughs> <laughs> With an O. The Oneaters. Yes. O-needers. And the song that you heard coming into to the episode is Snowflake, which I really love. I really like the guy's voice in this. He's got a really great frontman voice, part editors, part cowboy mouth. It's really fucking cool. Those songs you should listen to. Seriously, I really, really dig this. It kind of brought me back to the early 2000s, made me really happy. We're going to play a couple more songs on the break. Uh, Please go to their Instagram, follow them, download them on the Spotify. Check them out. Very good stuff. Listen to their music. We support independent artists around here. Peter Gabriel's So. Let's do this. Released in 1986 under Charisma Records, aka Geffen Records, which means that we will never get the rights to do this until we're making the cool million a year, and and even then they're gonna want like five thousand bucks or ten seconds. So fuck them. You're never gonna hear Peter Gabriel on this podcast. Basically, <laughs> <laughs> produced by Daniel Lanois, Lanyoy, L- Lanyos. Lanois. God damn it. Daniel Lanois. I practice it for fucking 10 minutes before this podcast. <laughs> Lanois. Thank you for... Daniel Lanois. As usual, thank you for being the most educated evil. Daniel <laughs> Lanois. Sorry, phone. Rachel. Daniel Lanois. He is a goddamn Canadian, <laughs> and he has a ton of Grammys. He produced Joshua Tree. He worked on Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Emma Lou Harris. He's a badass. There is so much to talk about on this one, so... I get it. I think what I'll do... Do you get it?
2: I get it, because the we, album is called So.
0: Yes, it was. Um <laughs> It is. Uh, so what I'm going to do, because there is there is so much about each and every one of these songs, what I did is I did my notes in true old-fashioned Sven Knutsen, mm. shout-out Sven style. I just went song to song and made notes about them this time. Did you both study this based on the original lineup of the songs? Spotify's version, which is the 2020, was it 2020 that they remastered it for the 25th anniversary? 2021. Mm. Yeah, math. Mm-hmm. They changed the lineup of the songs. I went off the old mm-hmm. school. Well.
2: You sent me the back of the album. Was that a text message? Yeah. Uh, because I just copy pasted that.
0: Do you want me to just give you it now?
2: Does it start with red rain? Yes. Red rain. They, bo- they both. They okay, both do. I think I have. Oh.
0: <laughs> so. <laughs> do we drink every time we say so? <laughs> <laughs> Here's
1: the question: the original track listing was not what Peter wanted the original track listing to be the current track listing is what he wanted it to be but there was a technical reason why it is what it is on the the original releases
0: okay so then oh my god hmm? (laughs) it could be really bad hey audience Uh... every time we say so you know what to do yelling at their ra- I almost said radios <laughs> nobody listens to the radio we're not on the radio did you talk at all about this as the picture I did because that wasn't in the original right. that was in the remaster uh... yep. well it was on the how, how about this let's do it old school style and then sure. before we do that evil why don't you tell us why Peter Gabriel didn't necessarily want that to be the lineup of songs?
1: yeah so he intended for in your eyes to be the album closer I Mm -hmm. think that is the right choice. However, if you listen to that track, it has very deep bass. And so the technical reason why they put that at the front of side B rather than to end the album is the placement of the song on a vinyl pressing allowed for more resonance from the needle of the record in the channel of Mm -hmm. the vinyl. That's
0: why. Do you know what's funny, though? All kinds of things are funny. It's true. <laughs> One of the biggest issues I read about the vinyl, and I can attest, the vinyl I have, which this vinyl has been played many, many times, the way that In Your Eyes is positioned now, once it starts to fade, the S's in In Your Eyes get super staticky. Yeah, yeah I believe it. It's mm-hmm. funny, because kind of fucked themselves either way. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Spoiler alert in your eyes is on this album. Sorry, everyone. (laughs) We need to guess each other's favorite songs. (gasps) Yeah, Rachel.
2: I'll go first.
0: Okay. I had no idea what to do with this. I really Mm. didn't. You two are really, really. I have not figured you two out at all yet.
2: (laughs) I am so easy to figure out. I feel like this one like screamed.
0: Okay, then I'm just going to do it. I wasn't going to do this, but I am going to do it. This is the easy way out, and I'm sure that I'm going to be wrong on at least one of them. But I'm saying both of your favorite songs on this album is in your eyes. Actually, you know what? I'm going to be really... Fuck you, Rachel. Ah, what do I do here? <laughs> nope, I'm still, never change your, but I changed it a originally. Never mind. Nope, not going to overthink this. <laughs> Let's have fun with it. Worst case scenario, I drink. <laughs> Rachel, uh, what is okay? So favorite song? What is mine? You
2: picked the same song for me and Evil. I actually picked the same song for you and Evil. Oh. Maybe it's right for one of you. <laughs> I picked Mercy Street.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Interesting.
2: David, I love...
0: Very interesting. I love you so much. I like that song. (laughs) Evil. Yes. What are Rachel and I's favorite songs on this album?
1: For you, That Voice Again. And for Rachel, I'll say Red Rain for Rachel.
0: Because I just looked at it and that
1: was the first one I saw.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This was off the cuff. You forgot we were doing this, didn't you? Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There's a lot of songs that I like on this. Evil, I don't think, has done this yet. No, It's a wager system. Our fractionals involved like 8.5? No, I never. Okay. I'm There's- always a whole number guy. Yeah, no over-unders, <laughs> Evil. <laughs> I'm trying to nice my try. bets here. No parlaying here. Um, <laughs> Rachel, what do you think I rated this album, and how confident are you in that?
2: I said a 7. And I am mildly confident. I wouldn't bet my child on it.
0: So it was mildly two shots or one shot? <sighs> one. Seven out of 10 is always a pretty good, especially if it's a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. evil what about you i'll say a nine with two shots is the wager oh nine out of ten we are in business let's talk about peter gabriel so starting with red rain and the very first fucking thing you hear on this album which is Stuart motherfucking copeland's hi-hat work <laughs> can i get a hallelujah right. yeah my favorite drummer of all time i did not know that he drummed on this album until i started researching for this
1: uh me either <laughs> but it may- Makes complete sense when you listen to it. it, Yeah.
0: It's there. I don't even remember where I saw it. Rachel, David, Red Rain, what did you think about it? Hated it, huh, Jimmy?
2: I'm sorry. <laughs> this is in the in the top five of the least favorite songs. Top four of the least what? favorite songs. Like I don't like this song of
0: this album
2: of this album. Oh, it's a it's in the bottom half of me. What what is it? Why? why not a big fan?
0: Uh, I'm actually curious as to why.
2: <sighs> I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. Mostly no, no, well, no. no. You guys, People like
0: it when we hurt fine. each other's feelings, Rachel.
2: It's so annoying. I don't like the song. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> and I feel like okay, so. <laughs> So Peter Gabriel is super into dreams and dreams mean all these things and put a lot of clout into them. I don't care about other people's dreams, especially when they don't make any fucking sense at all. If I start telling you a dream, there better be a point and it better be clear and concise. You know the
0: worst thing anybody can ever do to you, in my opinion? Start telling you about what they dreamt about last night. I've never cared less about what you tell me if you're starting with that.
2: If it's really quick... We were in the bar and we were drinking. It was great. We should hang out. That's a dream. I was getting chased by a gigantic chicken and the road turned into blood. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) I don't care about blood filled something glass like creatures screwing themselves into walls and filling up with blood to be lowered across the sand. I
0: don't
1: know. Rachel hates art.
0: Yes. (laughs)
2: Sometimes. Sometimes I do. <laughs> it
0: wasn't just a dream, though. It, it was this whole concept of a presentation. I think he was originally wanted it to be like a motion picture and mm-hmm. ended up having it being like a concept for an entire concert called, what was it, Mozo or Mazo? Mozo. Or yeah. The, Mozo. It's like a- a- hmm. About a village that thinks that they're being punished by God because of a red rain that comes down because of some. Is it the character's name, Mozo, that comes and. I think so, yeah. He's got kind of rainmaker sort of character. It wasn't just like, oh, I had a dream.
1: Right. That's an idea of on his first two albums, first yeah. two
0: solo albums, Like a continuation of that. Gotcha.
2: <laughs> That's how it started was The Stupid Dream. That's what I was getting at.
0: I have no concept for you and because this is very, for as unique as it is, it's very 80s pop. Do you? Yeah. I don't know what your taste is as far as 80s goes.
2: It definitely brings nostalgia because like I said, growing up in my house, there was music playing all the time in the 80s when me and Vincent weren't in control of it. So in that way, I like it. But am I going to play this in my spare time? Probably not. Okay. Now, like Madonna 80s or like female artist 80s is a little different. Spoiler, I'm not a huge Peter Gabriel fan. There's a couple bangers, but not, <laughs> not enough they to keep me. They don't all have to be Sorry, bangers, Jimmy. Rachel. <laughs> yes, they do.
0: It's... Stuart Copeland on hi-hats. I love this song. A lot of his influences are old school blues. Mm -hmm. And you can tell because of how much he really concentrates on keeping his voice kind of gravelly and soft. But I think it's
1: a good song. Not in
0: my favorites of the album, but I think it's
1: good. I think it's a good opening track. Like you said, I was kind of shocked to see Copeland was doing some of the percussion on it, which is pretty awesome i came across an anecdote i think it was his third solo album he's super experimental in his process and yeah. he didn't allow any of the percussionists to use cymbal work at all in mm-hmm. that album and then here he's got the best of the best of the best doing hi-hat work it's like kind of like
0: huh, piggy bastard yeah exactly sledgehammer the song's about fucking. Yep. It's so this is the lead single from this album. Rachel and I got to talk 2 weeks ago about this music video, yep. which is the most played music video of all time on yeah. MTV. Awesome music video. Won mm-hmm. the most VMA awards of any video ever. I didn't know that. Nine of them? Wow. Ooh. Yep. I mean this video is awesome. It's the most popular music video of all time so much so right. that peter gabriel kind of fucking hates it now he's he's really <laughs> sick of it it's um, it's his winota's big brown beaver yes <laughs> yep. exactly he thought people were gonna hate it because he thought it was just because it is it's this big eccentric he, it's just him <laughs> right. it's just him standing there yeah. other, and art mm-hmm. is happening to him the follow-up
1: to it single wise and also video was Big time, which is a similar, it's like stop motion mm-hmm. animation. The stop motion in big time's better, but the difference is in Sledgehammer, he is part of the stop motion. Mm-hmm. And I found a great quote. Stop motion looks fake but feels authentic and real. Whereas CGI computer graphics looks real but feels hmm inauthentic and manufactured. I
0: like that. Yeah. That's why that video has stood up for so long. That's why I like Nightmare Before Christmas so much. That's why <laughs> everybody likes Nightmare Before Christmas so much. Exactly. Rachel, I... Did not like this album, did you?
2: No. Sledge...
0: <laughs>
2: Sledgehammer is the 80s. I will never hate this song. It is one of the, if not the very first, music videos I ever saw on MTV. It was, it's either that or Dire Straits. I don't remember. I... I'm so ignorant. I did not know until I read the lyrics that this was about sex. Because I was like, <laughs> what is he talking about? And then I was like, meaning of sledgehammer Well, this Google. came out in 86.
0: Uh-huh. You were listening to this and you're like, six, you aren't supposed to know yeah. what it means.
2: Hi, I'm slightly older than six now. And I've listened to it a oh, couple like times Oh, like you just now then, realized a couple this. times,
0: yeah. <laughs> like
2: within the last, since I looked at but the it's, lyrics. It's
0: very nuanced. <laughs> if you just hear the yeah. chorus, I, it could just mean he wants to be her man. He wants to be the badass in her life. Except for when you see him live and he just does pelvic thrusts for four <laughs> minutes straight. <laughs> I almost picked every single song on this for Evil's favorite song on the album. I picked this right before I came down. Here's my thought process. Is I think... When it comes to Evil, this album probably hit him when he was of an age where it's not like Rachel or I, where we kind of had to re-find this album. You were probably just enough at the age where you were into it. It's
1: very impressionable. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I kind of wanted to do some off-the-wall ones. We'll talk about those. But then I was like, I I really feel like it's going to be an obvious one just for nostalgia's sake. And so I just ended up going with the most nostalgia one But uh, we're going to find out because Sledgehammer was my second choice for evil. Don't give up a little Kate Bush action. Rachel. David. Let's just start with you. Get the I didn't like it out of the way. And then
2: if you ever want Kate Bush on this podcast, just edit this out. Her voice is like nails on a chalkboard. This song was painful for me to listen to. And then I was like, maybe I just don't like this. Maybe it's not her. And then I went through Spotify and I listened to her top five songs. And I was like, nope, it's Kate Bush. I hate Kate oh. Bush. Like a lot. She okay. is Whoa. Her voice is actually slightly more irritating than a couple other songs.
0: My goodness. Ugh.
2: Yeah, no, it was real bad. I hated it so much. Uh, also, it was really <laughs> boring. And the video was horrible horribly boring has anyone seen the video yeah it's, it's them. just them
0: holding mm-hmm. each other yep yeah do you know what the song is about rachel
2: i yeah and it's not that i don't <laughs> doesn't give a fuck <laughs> <laughs> It's not that I don't have compassion. It's feelings. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know that it translated well. I don't want to have to look up so much of every song to try and get meaning out of it. And I feel like I had to for See, a lot I'm, of these. See,
0: I'm blown away. I thought that you would fucking love this album because of how much there was to research in every single okay. song. Yeah, me too. <sighs>
2: I did, but I I like it when something... I think
0: you're in a mood.
2: I think you just didn't. (laughs) No, no, no. I think when something triggers me to want to look something up, that's good. But I don't want to have to look for something up in absolutely every song because everything is so nuanced.
0: I actually don't love this song either. (gasps) I don't love Kate Bush in this. There's something about this song that does kind of get to me. Now, what overplays that is the musicianship and the actual notes and what they're playing and the claves and the i just forgot the name of the instrument that they're playing at the very beginning it's one of my favorite songs on the album when it comes to just the instrumental it's beautiful it's amazing the musicality. it's the yeah. the kind of symphonic synth work going through it the doom doom doom, doom, doom. it's fucking unbelievable when he's doing the thing in the middle where he's doing the gotta walk out of here, keep my eyes down below, he's ripping it. But I kind of see where you're getting at. He got inspired by looking at depression era photos. And he was thinking of a husband that's that, yeah really wanting to kill himself. That was a piece of it. Yeah. Because he can't find work and he doesn't want to make his family mm-hmm. keep like moving. a factory worker. And then worker. it's the wife yeah. saying, yeah. hang on. It's like a call response sort of. Which I love, yep. but I also hate. Because yep. the whole song is the poor fucking wife. Yep. It's just like, hey, please don't kill yourself. You're doing great, buddy. Right. right.
1: <laughs> Before prepping for this, it was one I would skip. In researching it, I've gained more respect for it. To a point that you were making about the musicality is fantastic. Yeah. The cursory surface level, listen, her vocals are kind of syrupy and it just doesn't resonate with me. But then if I look under the hood, do the research and figure out what he was actually trying to do and getting at and also like tony levin's bass on this is fantastic oh my god and we could talk about him more later i found a new respect for it it's one of my least favorite on the album
0: mine too but i like it much more now i have more way more respect for it for sure he originally approached dolly parton yes to do the kate bush yeah dolly parton turned it down Which is funny because then she agreed to do a cover of it with Willie Nelson, which she ended up not being able to do as well. So Willie Nelson did it with Sinead O'Connor. Who was in a relationship with Peter Gabriel. And that sucked. And then Alicia Keys and Bono did it and that sucked. I love Alicia Keys. Fuck Bono. I don't. Yeah, that's that's don't give up. Let's go to that voice again. The song that evil thinks is my favorite on the album. I love his whole vision for the musical journey, and it was kind of the last song that he wrote, envisioning that whole mozo concept. Well, Let
1: me—I was taking a leap here on why I thought it might be your favorite. This feels like two different songs to totally me. Totally does. It feels like a U2 song and a police song. <laughs> oh yeah. And and so the police part is like maybe DL likes this because of holy the, fuck
0: no, because the, when they go from the major. Cause they do in the, the chorus is very major. The happy, like
1: yep. positive F Daniel Lanois 2 sounding jangly guitars. Like a, I bet dollars yeah. of
0: donuts. I bet it's a C like the, minor and they kind of the
1: moaning lyric, the intros, that, that piece. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It feels like the police. Yeah. It's like you it 2 police back and forth. This is another one that I didn't pay attention. To. If I was listening to the album front to back, it's one I wouldn't be as interested in. But now after listening to it with my ears open a little bit more, I actually like this track quite a bit. It's one of my more favorites now.
0: Rachel, I'm imagining that you probably love it. Um,
2: <laughs> it's not bad. The writing in it, actually, it was a little more obvious. And maybe I was just being lazy while I was listening to this. When I did the research on this song, it was his wife was banging David Lord, who actually co-produced his fourth album, Ga- mm-hmm. uh, peter gabriel's fourth album um and so he was kind of going through a hard marriage situation and um and that way the lyrics bit of a sledgehammer right
1: here <laughs>
0: uh...
2: slow clap so i mean it, it had meaning and it wasn't
0: you know what's funny is i think this is the only track on the whole album that he had help with the lyrics oh i don't think he wrote the lyrics by himself hmm. I think you really hate Peter Gabriel. (laughs) (laughs) True story. Peter Gabriel hated 12 string guitar because of his time in Genesis. But then this odd, what, 10 years later or whatever, he is listening to the birds one day and he's like, oh, that's how you use a 12 string guitar. And then he put it in this song. (laughs) In your eyes, do you want me to just talk for fifteen minutes about how much I love John Cusack? <laughs> I could do that too, Rachel. As a female, you are required to like the movie. Say anything, mm-hmm. correct? Of
2: course, yeah. I'm not kidding.
0: Like, You're not wrong. Okay, good. No, yeah. So, what are your thoughts on this song?
2: So, this was supposed to be the end of the album, right?
0: He would have preferred it to. Be he, yeah. he wanted to close. He would it out have with preferred this. it to be the end. Yep.
2: So. I liked this one, okay. Uh, This is another one of those, uh, of course, say anything, but of course, in in lots of 80s films, why are we all laughing?
0: In your Uh, eyes, it's okay. It's just, yeah.
2: I found that uh, in the years after So's release, it was revealed that Gabriel conceived the song while fully enamored with Arquette Mm -hmm. that was originally titled, I'm going to butcher this, Sagrada Familia, which is the church in... Uh, Spain, Barthal- yeah, Barcelona, Barcelona, i believe oh, i've actually been don't, there
0: don't do that
2: you can cut that out um I... also uh, reportedly inspired by sarah winchester and her house and how she made it into a maze are you familiar with that no okay. this is new to As me sure? oh. what yes exactly so sarah winchester was the heiress to the winchester rifle oh
0: shit yeah she had all those weird fucking like secret doors and
2: yeah she had a house and was building it for like 20 30 years or something it was constantly under construction but yeah she there was just doors that led to nowhere it was just like this huge fucking maze the maze aspect of it apparently was inspired by sarah's house delusional const- construction i'm drunk a delusional construction
0: <laughs>
2: motherfucker delusional construction of a maze like mansion that's what it was i
0: am just blown away at how unimpressed with everything in this album you are um, so i was wrong about rachel's favorite song obviously evil what do you think about this mediocre song it's, apparently it's all
1: right. <laughs> i honest i think this is one of the greatest songs ever written personally Ooh. That bodes well. It's genius. And it I think is responsible for this album's legacy sort of spanning the decades. Because it wasn't mm-hmm. one of the popular tracks when it was released. Nope. You know, we can thank John Kuzak for this, maybe.
0: We totally can, I think. Really? Yeah. But
1: going back to what you were talking about earlier with Sledgehammer, like that's the track I remember, the visual. Like I remember the videos from when this was new in 1986. I remember big time. I remember Sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. I didn't really become like a Peter Gabriel fan until I got more involved with music through choir and high school and stuff. And that's when I discovered this song. This song is probably why I'm such a big Peter Gabriel fan. It was like wow. the window into his creative process. We kind of skipped over some of the musicality of Sledgehammer a
0: little bit. We've skipped over the musicality of a lot of them, unfortunately. You're right. Well, yeah.
1: yeah. One of the points I wanted to make is throughout his career, this album, it's by far his most successful, but some people view it as being his least creative album.
0: Yes. It was criticized for being so pop. I think that's unfair. I think it's one of
1: his Agreed. most creative because he integrated all of these things to make pop bangers, using the parlance of our podcast here, like he was able to take world music, '60s soul, electronic experimentation, Delta like blues. The level of like mm-hmm. innovation and experimentation this guy is responsible for is otherworldly and he wrapped it into a package of the time like the 1980s, mid 1980s zeitgeist and wrote a pop legend album with all of those elements well, mm-hmm. and somehow made it work fuck
0: you evil for stealing my what makes this album unique but yes you're that's exactly <laughs> right he took every single aspect from all of those from yeah from fucking brazilian yeah. percussion and south african he yep. it's it's fucking yep. yeah it's amazing and in your eyes is a perfect example of it. Sledgehammer and In Your Eyes
1: are two of the biggest examples of that because they're very different yep. songs and yet he
0: wrapped up all of these elements into just genius, like pure genius. There are simple little teeny intricacies in this album. The In Your Eyes hits me, the male bassline, line, the In Your Eyes, that mm-hmm. the <laughs> little fucking things like that that happen through this whole, I don't know how he thinks yeah. of it. I don't know if he just <sighs> because that's such an acapella South African feel yeah just a super simple line yeah. and it changes the whole i mm-hmm. ah, just it's such a good song we might
1: touch on this in later podcast episodes of artists who co-opt other musical genres and sort of shoehorn them into their writing process mm-hmm. he does things differently he like his music is world music is such a broad term but he from the ground up writes songs with so many different things in the bass. Yeah. It's not like he's shoehorning African rhythms or Brazilian rhythms into something where they don't belong. He like uses it as a fundamental part, but then pulls in these weird 80s sounds that Fairlight CMI sampling machine. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Which
1: he was like one of the first people to use In popular music,
0: I have a thing about white dudes trying to do world music. It usually ends up sounding stupid. There aren't that many people that can pull it off. I feel like Peter Gabriel does. It's like Peter Gabriel and Enya, and that's pretty much it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) (laughs) That is why I respect him as an artist
1: so much. Like, I think he is one of the true great musical lifetime artists. And he's like wildly down to earth too. Like if you listen to him talk, he's just
0: very, very, Mm -hmm. very normal. I'm kicking myself because very obviously the song that I picked for Rachel is not her favorite. And this was the one that I had that I changed, which is Mercy Street. And the reason that I had originally picked it was for Rachel is because it was based on the poem by Anne Sexton. Poem slash Mm. uh, play, right? It was a play?
2: Yep. It was Was it
0: just a poem. Rachel, what are your thoughts on Mercy Street?
2: <laughs> it's fine. Oh, uh, I'm just kidding. Okay. I loved it. Okay. It was good. And I didn't hate In Your Eyes. I didn't. Okay, Mercy okay. Street, though. We're, we've moved on. You so, understand uh, that it's
0: fucking hilarious, though, when somebody says, what do you think of the song In Your oh. Eyes? And you're like, oh. It's, uh. Have you heard me talk about <laughs>
2: I've talked about the Beatles <laughs> in a similar way. So I'm the uh, diversity hire. Yeah. Um,
0: <laughs> you're good egg, Rachel.
2: Mercy Street. I liked it a lot, even before I started Googling what it was about. And of course, Anne Sexton is a goddess of writing and knowing that this was sampled from her poetry slash play, because it felt dreamlike, it felt haunting, but not in that, in the same way mm-hmm. that Red Rain felt confusing <laughs> dreamlike. It felt like actual dream. It had some really Beautiful lyrics. There was one line pulling out the papers from the drawers that slide smooth, smooth. Yeah, Pulling a barely used drawer out to grab a Bible out of it. It was vague, but... Not so much that you didn't know what exactly what they were talking about. It wasn't beating you over the head with it. Also, this song, it is from a movie called Life or Something Like It, which nobody has seen, but it is a fantastic film and is streaming nowhere. So good luck finding it. (laughs) It's an old uh, Angelina Jolie movie.
0: Don't need to. (laughs) I can stop Googling.
2: It's actually. (laughs) I feel like Ed Burns is in it as well. So it's.
0: Agreed. Mm -hmm. Incredibly beautiful song. Heartbreaking song. He does my favorite harmonizing move in this he has the Uh, high and the low uh going at the same time and that's it fun fact
2: about that actually is that the low apparently he could only record that god
0: damn it rachel (laughs)
2: sorry (laughs) right after he woke up i'm so sorry i didn't mean to steal that from you
0: let me tell you what i had written down little trick of the trade people right when you wake up (laughs) if you go and you sing your low harmonies they sound amazing Good ups on you, Rachel. Good job. Sorry. New Musical Express magazine called this one of the 10 most depressing songs of all time. Sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Evil, how much do you like this song? This is like the sleeper track on the album. It's sort of the, mm-hmm. sure.
1: the unassuming track. But once you listen to it with your ears open a little bit more, you realize how genius it is.
0: This is the one that you don't think of until you're told to study this album. Yep. And then you get to it and you're like, oh, fuck yep. me yep <laughs> sweet let's talk about big time hmm. i'm on my way i'm making it <laughs> rachel what do you think of this song that is clearly the anti-brandon flowers
2: let's talk about the transition from mercy street to big time because <laughs> i was just sitting in my bathtub with my toaster and then big time came on it's just a whole it's a different side of the coin please edit that out really that's maybe that's bad. what you're worried about <sighs> i don't know i didn't love the transition and if these weren't some of the laziest lyrics ever written i'll be your big noise with all the big boys so much stuff i will own and i showed them <laughs> around my house to my bed i had it made like a mountain range it's just some lazy ass stupid stupid you lyrics are so i get that it was
0: wrong right now She doesn't understand sarcasm. You are so wrong.
2: I understand that it was satirical. You know what this song
0: is? This song is calling out every Brandon Flowers pressure machine person that goes and looks down at their small town. (laughs) Because they're big now and they get to do all the things. This song is fucking brilliant. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. I hate this song. <laughs> this song is brilliant. I think it's brilliant in its simplicity. I agree. I like this song quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think this song
1: is what... Jimmy, how are we going to be friends Instead of after featuring this? Huey Lewis and Phil Collins, this is the song that Patrick Bateman should have been talking about in American Psycho. Yes. because it's him
0: and you know what else i love about this is when in an interview i read with peter gabriel he said this song is just as much about me as anybody else i'm no better i'm rich i buy stupid things
1: yeah there's some self-deprecation he's he's pointing Mm -hmm. the lens back on himself a little bit
0: we got it we're gonna have to get off this because i'm gonna I'm going to flip out. Um, (laughs) Let's go to the last song, We Do It, We're Told, which is quite possibly the most fascinating one on the entire album. This feels more like his
1: earlier work, like his first four, uh, more experimental and was actually, I think, recorded for the album previous. To this, mm-hmm. it's very pink Floyd. Yeah, it feels slightly out of place. It does, but I'm okay with that. He's Peter Gabriel, man. He's like he's he going to do some weird stuff here and there. um It's a reference to the Milgram experiment, so there's some psychological stuff going on here that's pretty fascinating.
0: In fact, isn't the other name for it Milgram's Thirty yeah, Seven? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's
1: like right in the title there. So. So Stanley Milgram, he was a
0: psychologist of some kind who who did some experiments. What he did is he had people sitting there dictating whether somebody is going to be shocked or not for quote unquote shock therapy based upon questions they were asked if they answered them right or wrong. Yeah. So if they answered the question right, they weren't shocked. If they answered them wrong, they did. Now, here's the thing. There's two things, actually. Number one They would be told randomly, even when the people answered the question right, to still shock them. And number two, these people weren't actually being shocked. They were actors pretending like they were being shocked, writhing in pain. They would gradually raise the electric shock until they would actually tell the people who were doing the shocking, this is going to injure this person. And they would start writhing in pain. And 37% of the people would not, would not do the, why are you shaking your head? Because you're
2: wrong. It was 37 out of the 40 people that were in this experiment would shock them to the fullest extent. Mm -mm. You want to fight?
0: Oh, fuck me. You're right.
2: Yes!
0: No, 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 no. No, I am right. 63%. Oh, there were two different experiments. 63% 63% of the participants were prepared to administer enough electricity to injure the person on the other end. 37 came from the number of subjects who administered the maximum shock in another one of the experiments. Okay. So we're both right. I think you're both wrong. The song is basically just this weird, low Pink Floydish, we do what we're told thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rachel, do you like this song?
2: I love this song. Are you serious? I'm dead serious, and I knew that that was going to (laughs) come. What? (laughs) How do you predict this one? No, I think it was the... uh, This one made no sense at all. I loved the intro to this. Ironically, because I love lyrics, but the intro to this was so beautiful and got increasingly disturbing before it even got to the lyrics that I knew that there was something to it. And then after reading about the social experiment, I was even more disturbed. And so made made me love it all the more.
0: How much Pink Floyd have you listened to, honestly?
2: I mean, a little bit of Dark Side of the... Just a little bit here okay. and there. Not a ton.
0: Um, That makes... Yeah. All right. No, I'm just keeping it for later on down the line in the pod. Evil, what about you? What about me?
1: Do I like it? Do I not like it? It's interesting. I don't know if I like this song. Mm. And part of that is because it feels slightly out of place on the album.
0: I would agree. Everything's Um, so... It's out of context. There's a definite arc to this album. And then all of a sudden, it's this... Like you said, it's this earlier experimental... Prague standalone
1: it's interesting but here's the thing i don't listen to a lot of his earlier stuff regularly
0: it's it's interesting but it's not like meh. that's the album that's peter gabriel so might feel a little bit unfinished because it is we haven't even done awards and categories yet so let's get there <laughs> we're gonna take a break we'll be right back <laughs> song that you heard coming in from the break is Caffeine, our final song from Advocat. Look, I'm that? really sorry, you guys, but uh, <laughs> man, that name. They are really good. And I do really like this song. The song is a lot more kind of Cure Smith sort of vibe, the little 80s Reminds me a lot of 1986, which I've been listening to a lot of lately. I feel like Evil maybe has too.
1: Why is that? Foreshadow. Dun, dun,
0: dun. Really good band. Obviously, it's a good band because I chose to have it on our podcast at... A-D-V-O-C-A-A-T, or go to Spotify and find them. A little bit of South Philly punkish. I don't know. I'd, I'd call it more alternative than punkish, but it says punk, so I feel like they want to be called punk. So Kyle and Danny, I'm just going to say you're punk. It doesn't matter. It's really good music. It honestly is. So go check it out. They have my endorsement. We support indie bands around here. Let's get into awards and categories. Let's start with the David Crosby Meh Award for bad reviews. (laughs) Can't we just have Rachel do this? Oh, Oh,
1: shit. Slam.
0: (laughs)
2: That would have been a great idea.
0: Don't worry. This is not going to be that long. There were only a couple, but I still... I still like this one. (laughs) This is William Penrose, who gave it one out of five stars in 2004. One star, a gift. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck this present. The DMX award. Rachel, I'm starting with you because I feel like you're not gonna have much. What makes this unique? So correct
2: me if I'm wrong, this was kind of the start of world music and when it got kind of popular. So it made it kind of unique in that the people that he gathered to put this album together were from around the world. A couple of the songs, when I was listening to him, I was like, "This kind of has like a African vibe to it. it." Made me think of Tarzan, which is ironically,
0: oh my god, Phil Collins did that soundtrack. Let's edit that out. Uh, <laughs> so, so,
2: sorry, but then you know, in looking who put the, this album together, it was people from Africa, from the Ivory Coast, from everywhere. That in itself made it unique. But also the the thing that some people don't like about it in this room, that it's kind of seems to be hodgepodge. It doesn't have like a great flow to it. Songs seem like they don't belong there.
0: For me, evil stole my whole
1: (laughs) shebang about, (laughs) but it's very true. What makes it unique is Peter Gabriel. He is like... Like that, equally meticulous, while still being like this weird tinkerer who waits till the last minute. He would would record like multiple versions of things because he wants the best possible version of what he's doing. Rewind to 1980. He's the founder of the WOMAD Festival, the World of Music, Arts and Dance Festival. That might be part of genesis of this album. Uh, (laughs) Take a drink. (laughs) His exposure to music around the world. And when you poke into the dude, you realize he's like his. Grow up, Rachel. With a sledgehammer, really. Uh, (laughs) Some of the stuff he's done, like his humanitarian efforts. He's just like an awesome guy. That's a Mm -hmm. big reason why I'm such a
0: fan of his. I'll go right back to Evil. Overrated, underrated, properly rated in its time and currently?
1: I would say it was properly rated in its time. It received lots of accolades. We talked about the VMAs and Sledgehammer, and mm-hmm. I feel like it might be slightly underrated currently just because it's sort of fallen out of musical consciousness. We're so very focused on what's what's new, what's next. Yeah. When I searched so in Spotify, so many things came up
0: (laughs) before. (laughs) I completely agree. I think this was very properly rated at the time. Yeah, I think it's vastly underrated now. And I think that stems from the fact that 80s music is not taken seriously. 80s music has this trope of it's a big fucking joke.
1: There's sort of a like a retro resurgence of 80s music, like synthwave and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Retro sort of takes on that which came before. It's really hard to replicate the stuff that was truly great. They look at the stuff that's watered down a little bit. Like that's what Mm -hmm. pop music generally is, is it's kind of, it's pop music. Even though he sort of entered into the pop music consciousness with this record... He quickly moved out of it to do his own stuff again. He
2: did a great job of, within this album... I don't want to use the word tricking, but yeah. tricking people into thinking that it was a pop album because there were a handful of pop songs on there when a lot of them were just deep musical right. songs that
1: weren't. Well, and just like sonically, I mean, it sounds, it has 80s production. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. One of the
0: anecdotes it's I big, found. Loud of, of reverb like, snare. And, yeah. yeah. Did you read about mm-hmm.
1: how that he and Phil Collins were working on some stuff and a microphone hanging in the studio, in the recording room, to talk Su- with... Susu studio?
2: I was going to say, was it in the
0: Susu <laughs> Su- <laughs> studio? <laughs> you
1: guys, Get out of you guys my head. Should both drink for that. <laughs> I think it was like a vocal mic, just to speak with the engineers. The drum sound was coming through that mic, and the way it was compressed, they were like, whoa, this is new. No one's ever mic drums like this before. Oh, and that hmm. became sort of like the
0: 80s drum The st- 80s yeah. snare.
1: Yeah, by accident.
0: Hmm. Influences and influences. We touched a lot on his influences, everything. Otis Redding. All world music, Delta yep. Blues. He had a great appreciation for old soul yep. and Delta Blues. Uh, let's be honest, anything that involved black people. Blues, old school jazz. Mm-hmm. He was a Beatles fan. He was. He was a Beatles fan.
1: Oh. There was uh, an anecdote. He said he remembers the first time listening to Love mm-hmm. Me Do in the back of his dad's car and he's like you it's hard to contextualize it today how revolutionary that was Hmm. but hearing it at that point in time it blew my mind way more than punk music did
0: and then influences you know the big one that i had not really heard until i started studying this time neither of you are a fan so it's not going to really hit with you but i think at least a few of the listeners are gonna be like oh shit dave matthews ah Yeah, yeah. after the a huh. few times trying to study this, I was like, holy <laughs> fuck. Dave Matthews band, this is a massive influence for Dave Matthews. Yeah. That's the big oh, one that that's interesting popped into my head.
2: I don't, bye bye.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: How's that?
1: I saw a comment on the Peter Gabriel video of some kind. And the comment was when I listen to anything Mike Patton does, I always think
0: Peter Gabriel was doing this 20 years earlier. <laughs> Never mind the Bullocks Award. This is an interesting question. Rachel, have you listened to his other albums? Probably not. No, sir. Evil, have you? Yeah, I've listened
1: to his other stuff. I've listened to early Genesis, the four self-titleds, some of the stuff that came afterwards. I think this is purposefully his best effort. I think Mm -hmm. this is the one where he's like, I'm... I'm going to make some money now and that'll allow me to do whatever I want moving forward.
0: I think this is his best album, but it's not a runaway. It's not a nevermind the bullocks. No, I think he has three fantastic albums and, uh, this is one of them. John Paul Jones award. I'm going to go to Rachel because she just got a little smirk on her face.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I said that I would replace Kate Bush with literally anyone. (sighs)
0: Poor Kate Bush. Sorry, Kate Bush. All she wanted was to love her man and make sure he didn't kill himself. I guess I'm going to go next because I said the same exact thing. (laughs) I... Did not love Kate Bush. And on I'm this. the asshole. It's, see, I didn't say anybody but Kate Bush. I just don't think Kate Bush needed to be on this. I think he could have figured out a way to just do
2: that song was a dialogue, though. It needed another person. Yes.
0: And but you know I'm who saying, it should have been? Who? And this evil. is my answer. Dolly, Dolly Parton. Parton. <laughs> Dolly Parton makes everything better. That's fair. That's so fair. evil wins. <laughs> I I would agree with that. Um <laughs> The Teach <Him> Young Award. <laughs> Rachel, you have one song to give to a kid that says Hey, I want to know about Peter Gabriel. And you say, youngin? Sledgehammer. That's inappropriate.
1: So (laughs) even though it was going to say the same exact thing. (laughs)
0: Fuck off.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Oh. Why? It's just a classic 80s song. It's a good pop song. It's a good way to ease people in. The poppiest song on any album is a good way to ease people into whatever album that is.
0: Evil, what about you?
1: I also chose Sledgehammer.
2: You perv. What <laughs> the fuck's wrong with you?
0: <laughs> Both children. Would sake. you pick David? Uh, I said Red Rain. Really? This is the eclectic and evolving and outreaching. I don't even... Sorry. The I'm, Sledgehammer
1: video. The music that he put together for this song, and I'm, I'm sorry for walking all over your answer with Red Rain, is so of the MTV generation. That 10-year-old me who remembers this being brand new, I can't think of this without seeing the video in my head. Same. Just like I can't think of Genesis without the Land of Confusion video, without seeing the the spitting image puppets of like Ronald Reagan. Oh, God.
2: Oh, yeah. Too many people.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good answer. The John Popper Award. What's the best hook on this album? I said either the chorus of Sledgehammer... Or the bridge in In Your Eyes. All my instincts, they return. Mm. I mean, when that hits, it's... Mm-hmm. You You feel shit. You do. I don't care how old you are, how manly you are. Hey, look. Okay? I feel feelings too, goddammit.
1: I'm going to do the same as you. I'm going to pick two things. Big time. The chorus to big, time, big time. Is, time. I'm on my way See, out we don't need the rights. You yeah, can just it. sing. Or the your eyes part where it's like your mm. eyes and then the light you, you, the you heat say,
0: yeah, yes yeah yeah it gets just stuck in mm-hmm. your head Rachel what's the best hook on this album
2: I also pick sledgehammer Bing, bang bang I mean,
0: it's amazing it's a great it's kind of, fucking chorus it really is mm-hmm. the John Prine best mm-hmm. lyrics award
2: pulling out the papers from <laughs> pulling out the papers from the drawers that slides smooth mm. from mercy street
0: I will be stretching my mouth to let those big words come right out God. and I'll pray to a big God Fuck. and I'll kneel in a big church that's fucking epic evil is mad because I stole yes. his lyrics
2: you <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't let him go first
0: and I will pray to a big God and
1: I'll kneel in a big church and then mm-hmm. later in the same song and mm, our heaven, heaven will, will be, be a, a big, big heaven, heaven. <laughs> And I'll walk walk through the front front door. door.
0: That's genius. It really is. so genius. Whatever, man. (laughs) (laughs) We got to start with Evil with the Eddie Van Halen Award, which is the best riff or solo award. I picked something for that, and then I have a little more
1: to add to it. It's Tony Levin's bass on Sledgehammer. The main bass line on Sledgehammer is so fucking good. Yes. Let's talk about Tony Levin a little bit. Holy moly. What a monster. Yeah, he's okay. Are you familiar with the funk fingers? Yes. Or the drumsticks that he like straps to his fingers Mm -hmm. that he invented and was played for the very first time on Big Time. Yep. That was the first time that was used. The dude plays the Chapman stick. Yes. (laughs) I mean...
0: I'm hearing it in my head right now.
1: He influenced Les Claypool. That's Mm -hmm. how influential he is. Plays with King Crimson. I mean, the guy's bass legend. Absolute legend. In researching, I found a clip of him, Jan Hammer, who is the keyboardist who wrote the Miami Vice theme song. Yep. Playing a fucking keytar. Yep. Yep. Tony Levin, of course. It's credited as Bill Bruford, but it was actually, I think, Jerry Murata playing drums. Oh, really? And Eddie Van Halen mm-hmm. jamming together. Take a I was prepared for this. <laughs> jamming together in 1988 <laughs> At a Les Paul tribute show yep. that is so much fun. I have seen it. I was like over the moon when I saw that. I very much agree. His bass lines across the whole album are were a treat to listen to. Songs that weren't interesting to me became interesting after I opened up my ears and listened and
0: heard his bass. I have two Eddie Van Halen awards. My first one is that bass part in big time. It was the mm-hmm. bound, mm-hmm. And then Copeland's high hat in red rain of course rachel
2: i just feel like mine's very boring comparatively it was the intro to mercy street i felt feelings mm. it was amazing that's all it wasn't a, a looking... mad guitar solo or
0: no but that's the that's the point of the award is it doesn't have to be a yeah it's the part of the song instrumentally that makes that kicks your ass so that's
2: mm-hmm. that's
0: a wonderful answer thank you <laughs> The Surfer Rosa Award.
2: The track listing that we went over just now, I feel like the B side was a little bit better, but I do feel like that it was a hodgepodge, like it was scattered all over the place of what I preferred and what I thought was great was kind of a little bit in the beginning and a little bit the end, but a little heavier towards the end.
1: Mm-hmm. So it it's balanced to me. I agree. Side A's got you know has Sledgehammer on it. it has. There's great tracks. Beside B's got Big Time and In Your Eyes. I mean, it's hard to contend with those two.
0: So I think this is a very, very well-structured album. This is one of those albums where every song, if I put it on shuffle, I don't know if it would matter to me. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So yep. let's get to the big ones. Rachel, what's your least favorite song on this album?
2: I picked two, Big Time.
0: That's your least favorite song on the album? <laughs> i
2: personal opinion guys um and then this is the big picture or this is the picture no 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 that one doesn't count that's not which is why i picked i picked big time big
0: time okay evil what's your least favorite song on this album just because it felt
1: slightly out of place i'm gonna say we do what we're told it's out of context of the rest of the album for me it's not my least favorite. It just doesn't feel like it... Belongs. If if
0: one song could be removed from the album. Well, I'm glad until this morning, that was my pick for your favorite song on the album. So I'm glad Ooh. that I changed mine. You were so wrong. <laughs> um, however... <laughs> Uh, My pick is going to negate one of your favorite songs for me pick because my least favorite song on this album, surprisingly, is that voice again. I do really like the song, but going through it and having to pick it's between that and another one that's fairly close. I still really like the song, though. Hmm. It's, a, it's a very good song now let's get to the best three songs on the album Rachel what are your three favorite songs on this album
2: well number three is gonna shock you it is in your eyes
0: why did that shock me
2: because you thought I hated it well you were very well cuz no, I you-, you were
0: just so I've just never heard somebody be so meh about in your eyes That's- <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's good it's in the top three uh, number two we do what we're told loved it great piano great intro maybe <laughs> (laughs) me feel uncomfortable like that and number one i I feel like is i'm hard at hiding my feelings was mercy street
0: i'm mad because until probably an hour before we did this (laughs) mercy street was my pick for your favorite sucker god damn it evil what are your three favorite songs on this album number three sledgehammer okay number two in
1: your eyes which i think is the best song of the album but okay my favorite
0: all right i get that my favorite is big time gotcha <laughs> wow so my third favorite is in your eyes my second favorite is mercy street <laughs> and my first favorite is big time Fuck! Oh.
2: i was yeah. so close
0: sorry rachel That's big okay. time is one of the best fucking songs it's ever. so good i don't That's fine. Hi I'll there. I you, bro. Puts me in a good mood. It's silly. Big white pillow for my big fat head. Yeah. <laughs> um, who won the album? Evil? Boomboxes won this album. <laughs> Ooh.
2: You're not wrong.
1: Boys in sports coats with their sleeves pushed up. Yeah. Holding boomboxes <laughs> over their yeah. head, trying to woo their would be lady friend. That's who won this album. <laughs> Rachel?
2: Similarly, I wrote every movie ever. Because every movie has some Peter Gabriel song in it.
0: I wanted to say John Cusack in the light of both of you, but I went a different route. Unfortunately, like fucking always, Evil Stole My Thunder, Tony Levin, won this album. Yeah. The bass lines in this album are just goddamn insane. This is one of the best albums i've ever heard in regards to bass lines and the way the bass is played Mm -hmm. everybody seriously go back listen to this album and just listen to the bass your mind will be blown that's true yeah i listened to
1: some bass playing pros like heavy hitters talking about his playing and Mm -hmm. he i knew of him i didn't know how good he is and now i do and now I'm a huge Tony Levin fan.
0: Yeah. We only have one thing left to do. We just have to rate the album. I'm going to go lowest to who knows and start with Rachel. <laughs> uh, Rachel, what did you rate this album?
2: I gave it a six. Out of? Ten.
0: See, you changed your rating system.
2: I feel like everybody does 10 out of 10 now.
0: I'm so the only one adjusted. that does it. Okay. If you're at a 10 now, that's great. I'm just saying, you used to be on a four.
2: Yeah, this doesn't work for that. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> okay, so six out of ten. <laughs>
2: Points don't matter.
0: So you're okay with it.
2: 50% of this is good or very good. And the other 50% is okay or I don't like it. And so it kind of rounds out to like a 60% okay. all over.
0: Evil, what did you rate
1: this album? I'm going to rate it. There's some, some stipulations here. I'm going to rate okay. it on the track listing where in your eyes closes it without this is the picture. But
0: is that, can you do that? I'm doing it. But was there ever a version that didn't have the pictures and had in your eyes at the end? I have a computer. I can make that version. (laughs) Um (laughs) <laughs> okay
1: okay <laughs> i mean he seems to tinker till the very end why can't i good point point. and i'm gonna give it a nine out of ten awesome
0: all right so dl's rating rachel guessed i would give this a seven out of ten evil wagered nine out of ten i couldn't count every song on this as a 10 thinking especially about the whole kate bush on don't give up i almost couldn't give this a 10 out of 10 but when the kate bush part of don't give up is the worst part of your album you've got a 10 out of 10 (laughs) this is a 10 out of 10 for me there are some great not amazing songs on here but to equate that there are about five unbelievably amazing songs on here Uh i was kind of hiding it but That voice, again, is my least favorite song in this album, and I fucking love that song. So it's a 10 out of 10, which means I have to take a shot, because Evil guessed 9 out of 10, and Rachel looks like is just finishing her drink. (laughs) I'm going to shoot some screwball here, I've never tasted, and (laughs) Evil has a glowing (laughs) endorsement. Oh, no. It smells like buttered popcorn. What is it? It's peanut butter whiskey. Peanut butter whiskey.
2: Ew. Right. That sounds disgusting chuck chuck chuck
0: Mm-mm. it's good he likes it it's bad when the aftertaste is way better than the- right <laughs> yeah that is it for peter gabriel so two people very much enjoying it one people <laughs> not really enjoying it just so one much. people I-, I love the album i really love this album versecourseverse.com at verse course verse pod thank you to advocat for uh, letting us play your songs we are glad that you contacted us hope we get you a couple downloads everybody please support them join us next week evil and i are going to steady the course Mm -hmm. 1986 let's talk about it let's rachel david love you i love you too Evil. Sir. Men don't say love you to each <laughs> other. That's not going to stop me from loving you. We will see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> good night and good luck.